0: Hallelujah. Welcome, Summit Nation, all that's watching us online, Summit members, partners, friends, amen. Hallelujah. I have some things that I woke up with this morning I wanted to share with you. Some things for us to focus on. I'm going to share it with you as I received it. In this season right now with all that's going on with the pandemic we're going to walk by faith we're going to operate in wisdom and we're going to live in the present we're not going to live in the past what it used to be like what it was like Two weeks ago, four weeks ago, last year, not focused on someday the Lord will do something. Live right now in the present and know that God is with you right now. His steadfast love is working for you right now. I want to encourage you to pray the Ephesians 1 prayer daily, and as an aid, um, we have on the Summit Church community page a, uh, a screensaver where you can download it to your phone so when, as soon as you look at your phone, you know how y'all look at your phones when you first turn your phone on, you'll see that as your screensaver, Ephesians 1 prayer. So, um, I encourage you to take advantage of that. It's a free download. This week only. Next week, it's going to be (laughs) $1,000. I'm kidding. Uh, But go ahead and take advantage of that. Take advantage of, now, I'm your pastor, and the Bible says um, God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm a pastor and a teacher. I'm a gift to you. So receive, receive me as a gift. And the things that God gives me to share with you, this is a great revelation. It's for you. Shout out to my team, uh, all the folks that... Uh, Curtis and uh, Shemaine and anybody that was involved in eliminating the squeaking underneath my feet. (laughs) I am so thankful (laughs) because it's like ministering walking on a squeaky floor, but I appreciate my team. I appreciate everybody that does the little things that helps us to do um, what we're called to do here. And I want to encourage you to don't sleep on The daily confessions that we do, mainly, um, I say daily, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We have prayer on Wednesday, Bible study on Thursday. Take advantage of more than just Sunday morning. And um, you say, well, do we have to do the confessions? Of course, you know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to brush your teeth in the morning. It's just a good idea. I almost forgot this morning. I said, oops. And uh, anybody forget to brush your teeth after you put your makeup on? Well, that's what happened to me this morning. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to reapply some cream. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, so anyway, um, it's just a good idea. And the reason why that I I said that I'm a gift to you is that I don't do these things because I don't have anything else to do. I enjoy them. Actually, if nobody got in on these confessions that we do online, it's blessing me. The the word is getting stronger and stronger in me. I'm growing in my knowledge of Jesus, and it helps to establish the word as you speak the word out loud. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, y'all, y'all don't understand, man. I'm, I'm just—I thank God for the little things, and I, I just thank uh, thank God for for my team again that took the time to come in and fix this. Because I'm telling you, no squeaking today. Ain't ain't no teller what might not happen up in here today. Because see, some of y'all y'all don't understand how important that is. But see, that, that's the way God is. Things that. I may not get excited about this happening in your life. I mean, I'm excited because I I just love to see it as a, it's a reward as a pastor to see God manifesting things in your life. I I rejoice uh, with you uh, in in whatever God is doing. But you know, sometimes that things that may be small to some people, it's a big thing to you. God does that kind of stuff, huh? Amen. Okay, what else? Uh, And be bold talking about the Father's love. Be bold. Sharing with others what God is doing in your life. Don't keep it to yourself. I'm going to get into some things today. We're going to see some things in terms of of people coming to the Lord through this ministry more than ever this year. Whoo, man, I tell you what, I'm getting a hold of this thing that I'm teaching you all. I'm getting it on the inside of me about vision, how to receive a vision from God. Okay, I'm about to jump off into it, but we're going to make a confession in a minute. But you're, you're coming out victorious. Any, anything that you may be dealing with, understand you're already victorious. You are a winner. You're not fighting for victory. You're, remember, you're fighting from victory, from a place of victory. Okay, and one more thing. I want y'all to get excited and rejoice with me. No COVID cases in Summit Nation. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're not waiting to see when the world announces it. I encourage you to receive community at home. Let that be your vaccine. Now, I'm not talking about don't take the vaccine. Don't go out here lying on me. You do whatever has peace in your heart. We're not here to control your life, tell you what to do and not to do. But as a pastor, spiritually, I'm, I'm telling you that this, see, we need to take seriously things like confessions. Just like you take seriously social distancing and, and mask and, and, and the CDC, See, people take those things seriously. But what about showing up and putting yourself in front of that computer or, or your phone and dialing in to the Bible study, dialing in to confessions? And you don't have to be there, Pastor. I don't never know when you're coming on. That's no excuse because the replay is there. Huh? You can spend the rest of your day going through all those uh, the backlog, the archives, and it's not just the confessions. Other things pop out. I, I share whatever is on my heart for that day and the exhortations and things like that. So, all right, that's that. I need to I need to get busy. Y'all ready? How to receive a vision from God? First, we're going to make our confessions. Say this with me, I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my Father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my Father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed. Forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all... I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 29, 18. Let's dive right into it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Say, where there's no vision, the people perish. People don't perish for lack of money. Say without vision, vision. people perish. People People don't perish for lack of skills. People don't perish for lack of opportunity. People don't perish for the lack of the right connections. Oh, if I could just get the right connections. No, according to Proverbs, people perish because of lack, for a lack of vision. Let's look at this from the ESV. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The word translated vision is hazon. The correct pronunciation is hazon. Everybody say hazon. Hazon. It's not hazon or hazon. It's hazon. ESV translates it, This is actually a better translation for vision, for hazon, is a good way to remember it is like being in the zone. Okay. So, ESV translates it as prophetic vision because hazon is a vision from God. Okay. This is not some ordinary vision. And, and we need to see things. We, our, our heart has eyes. And we shared that with you last week. We're going to get into that in the Ephesians prayers. We need to see things. And we do it in the natural all the time. One of the things that I do when I, uh, not that I try to do it, it's just um, I'm, I'm, I've got idle time sometime when I go shopping with my wife and she typically shops in the ladies' section. And one of the things that, uh, if, if I did stand-up comedy, comedy um, that's what I, I, I sometimes I, I see myself as a, as a stand-up comedian sometimes. Not when I'm ministering the Word, but I think I could do that if I wasn't ministering the Gospel. So, this would be in my routine. When I see women shopping I, I often, like, I'm, I'm sitting on a chair just waiting on Carla to get done because there's really no use for me there. I just sit there, and she might ask me if I like something she go change or whatever. But I notice when women shop, and and they look, and they make faces at the, at the clothes. <laughs> and they kind of stare at it. But I know what they're doing. It's funny to me because I, I sit there, and I watch. It's like... Because they're, they're seeing how it would look with the, with the other stuff they got. Yeah. Yeah. See, see that, that's, that's what they're doing. They're getting a the vision. Huh? <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm talking about? You check it out sometime. Watch these ladies shop, man. They're getting a the vision. They look at those shoes and they okay, now how would that look with, with this dress I got? Okay, I got, mm, I don't think I got the right colors for that. You know, see, I see all that's going on on the inside. But when we talk about vision, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a vision from God. And let me say something. Sometimes people shy away from asking God for a vision because they're afraid that they'll get something false. And some people say, well, you've got to be careful about, about getting a vision. And you shouldn't be asking God for a vision because the devil might give you a vision. And that's true. The, the, the enemy can, can give you a vision, so you've got to discern the difference, but the devil has no access to your spirit. Any vision that you've got on the inside and in your spirit, it's not the devil. He has no access to your spirit. So, so don't be afraid about getting a false vision, and sometimes people will bring you a false vision, and we need to be discerning, but don't be scared of visions. See, that's just the enemy trying to convince you, uh, he's trying to convince people not to seek a vision from God because fear of the false, all right? But that's just the devil's trick to keep you from receiving a genuine, authentic vision from God. It's like when, when folks get married, and I counsel married folk, I don't tell them about the divorce rate. Well, uh, you know, in marriage, you know, there's all kinds of things can happen, and there's all kind of negative things can happen. You you could you could get a divorce because half half marriages end in, in divorce. No, you don't focus on the negative. Now those things are out there, aren't they? I mean, you could commit adultery and all that kind. Of, but you don't share that with with the newlyweds, right? Huh? You focus on the positive. See? Because if you look at the negative, you might not want to get married. Oh, I don't even want to take that chance. No, but marriage is a beautiful thing. See? And sure, the negative is out there, but marriage is a beautiful thing ordained by God. Amen? Amen. It's so, so much of a blessing. You don't want to cheat yourself out of that blessing focusing on the negative. Same thing with vision. Okay? And where, where there is no prophetic vision, of, see, I love that prophetic vision. The people cast off restraint. In other words, my paraphrase is: people are out of control when there is a lack of vision. People get out of O.C. out of control when there's a lack of prophetic vision. All right. First Samuel chapter three, verse one. We looked at this last time. Now the boy. Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli and the word. This is a a time in uh, Israel's history where the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no frequent vision. That's double trouble when you, you, you don't have a word or a vision from God. Amen. We need them both. Amen. Now. God wants to do a new thing in your life in 2021. I want to keep saying this. Praise God. God's going to do in your life unprecedented things. Again, um, this is for Summit Nation, Summit Family, Summit members, all that are connected with this ministry, anybody who will receive this. I'm not the world pastor. I'm not a pastor of the world. I'm not a pastor. I'm not even a community leader. I'm not a community leader. I I am a... pastor of the people that God has assigned me to as an under-shepherd under Jesus. And this is what I got for y'all. Any Summit Nation out there? Any any Summit Nation uh, out there watching online? Okay. Get ready. Either at home or or here, uh, live. Tell everybody, get ready. Tell the person next to you, get ready. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Get ready for what? God wants to do a new thing in your life, something unprecedented this year, something that he's ne- something you've never seen before. Amen. But you've got to get it on the inside. And that's why we are praying the Ephesians 1 prayer over our lives, and I encourage you to pray that daily. Again, do we have to pray it daily, Pastor? <laughs> do you have to brush your teeth? No, it's a good idea. Again, I'm your pastor. I'm giving you a word from God. Amen? Amen. For us. may not be for the church down the street, but it's for Summit Nation. And God wants to do a new thing. And I'll tell you something else he's doing. He's restoring lost visions. Visions that you had in your heart, but God stole from you. Excuse me, the devil. See, y'all listening. God wouldn't steal the vision for you. He gives vision, right? I meant the devil. The the vision that God put in your heart, but the devil stole from you. Vision you forgot about. It's time to to get that vision back off the shelf. I'm doing it myself in my own life. I'm seeing God doing some things, and he's... Um, expediting things. He's speeding some things up. He's accelerating. Everybody say accelerating. accelerating. Expediting. 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 Speeding, up. speeding up. Man, that just came in my heart right now. He's, he's speeding up some stuff. And we'll eventually look at this in Habakkuk. It says, though it tarry, wait for it. It's going to come to pass. It's like Joseph. It was years later See, God had showed him that his brothers would bow down to him. But it didn't come to pass till years later. Now, I'm not, I thought you said, Pastor, it's going to happen this year. It, it, it's, it's all of the above. Perhaps. What, what I'm saying is, it, there's some things that may take a few years, a few months, But there are some things that God is going to do this year for you. And I want you to expect it now. Thank you, Lord. Visions that the enemy has stole, there will be restoration of those visions. Thank you, Lord. Be be like those, those ladies shopping. I want you to stare at that vision that God puts in your heart. Sit down with a cup of tea or something. Thank you, Lord. See, sometimes, see, we just move too fast in the days that we're living in in this generation. Everybody's always moving, 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 moving. And that's one good thing that came out of the pandemic is people started to slow down. All right. And as you slow down, it's, it's not time to, to uh, uh, binge watch Netflix. It's time to, to get a vision from God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You can binge. Watch. I, I, I do that, too. I'm not saying that it, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we need to do is spend some time just like you binge watch Netflix. We need to put more priority on um, binge watching your vision. Does that make sense? I just came out, of <laughs> came out of nowhere, and um, yeah, binge watch. I like that. I kind of like that. Binge watch your vision, just on the inside. Your eyes. Your excuse me. Your heart has eyes. Man, I can't wait to get into that. But there's so much more. Um, thank you, Lord. And then some people think that um, because we've got the Bible. Now, we don't need to have a vision from God. I mean, we're in a new covenant now, Pastor, and we don't, we, we, we've got the written word. And so people like to, to, to say, well, you know, um, that's, we got the Bible. We, don't be fooling around with visions because you can get off and things like that. So God gave us the Bible. No, vision, prophetic vision is for the new covenant. I'm going to show you that, okay? Now, all right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. Now, let me give you a backdrop of this. This is about 10 years into the church, into the the beginning of the church. Um, And up to this time, it was a Jewish church. The Jews did not preach to the Gentiles. They didn't even eat with them or associate with them. It was against their rules, their rules, not God's, but their rules. You know, man can make up some rules. And they did not, it was against their, um, their rules to associate with Gentiles. A gent, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is simply a non-Jew. Anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. Okay? According to God, I mean, we break up people in races, black and white, brown and red and yellow. And so, on. But according to God, there's only three groups of people. There's the Jew... The Gentile and the church. A Gentile is simply a non-Jew. Jews are who came out of Abraham. And um, then there's the Gentiles. That's everybody that is a non-Jew. And the church of God is comprised of Jews and Gentiles who receive the Lord. And actually, we have a connection with Abraham now because if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. And we're children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And if, you're Ab- if, if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All right? So, but at this time, they only preached, the Jews only preached to Jews. And so because of, a, it took a vision from God to show them that they are to reach outside of their own people. And salvation was for the whole world. Because see, Jesus died for the whole world. Amen? Verse 2. A devout man who feared God. This is talking about Cornelius. A devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people. He was a giver. And prayed continually to God. Now, even though He's not saved. God heard his prayer. Now, this may be against somebody's doctrine, but God actually heard his prayer to God. Now, he's not saved, but see, God heard his prayer. And this is the answer to uh, some people's questions where, where they ask, well, what about people that are living in remote parts of the world and they never got an opportunity to hear the gospel? Yeah, but people can pray. And this is the answer to that. God God heard his prayer and sent help to him. See? Um, So, let's look at verse 3. He prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. Now watch this. Here's somebody who's not even saved, and he saw a vision from God. Verse 3. If I say, he saw, he saw clearly in a vision. And how many of you know this is in the New Testament? Now, if God will show an unsaved man a vision, how much more does he want to show you a vision? And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. It got God's attention. He said, and now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. Having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, and let me tell you something else. When you get, when you're praying for something, And and you get the answer, you don't have to pray. <laughs> Not about that. Sometimes when the answer comes, people want to pray about it. But when you pray specifically, and then you and that answer shows up, sometimes people want you to pray about it, but that's the answer. So Cornelius got the answer, all right? Because he was praying, right? Verse 1 excuse me, uh, verse, verse 2, he prayed what? Continually to God. And then he got this vision, he saw this angel, and the angel told him what to do. Some folks would be like, well, I feel like I need to pray about this. You don't need to pray about it. Do what the angel told you to do. You got your answer. It's like when when Peter was in prison one time, and they were praying for him, and uh, he came to the door, and this girl came to the door, and Peter was there, and actually they were praying for his deliverance in the back room. He comes to the door, and they and the and the girl wouldn't even let him in. She shut the door and told him, "Hey, it's Peter." And said, "No, nah, it's his angel." And they're going back to praying. No, the answer's at the door. <laughs> so. All right, so he sent them to Joppa. The next day, see verse nine. Okay, the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheep descending being let down by its four corners upon the earth in it were all kinds of reptiles and birds of the air all kinds of what animals all kinds of rep- animals and reptiles and birds of the air okay what's that all about hang on and there came a voice to him rise Peter kill and eat all right Now, watch this. This is a vision from God. And and in a vision, rise Peter, kill and eat, this voice said. And watch this. He knew it was the Lord. Watch this. By no means, Lord, or no, Lord. See, okay. I'd advise you when the Lord speaks to you, don't tell him no. (laughs) It's like, no, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And this is not about birds and reptiles and animals. This is about people. This shows you God's heart towards people. This is a significant vision because God is revealing to Peter that Gentiles can be saved. What what God is getting over to him, y'all are limited in your vision of who can be saved. I want the world saved. How many of you know we need to be interested in people's salvation? Because God is. Now, believe it or not, some some people will find this statement to be strange. But most, there are a lot of people, there are multitudes of people who have never heard the gospel. Not the true gospel. About the unconditional love and the grace of God. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not holding their sins against them. You know God is not holding the world's sins against them? And that's the message that we've been given. We've been given that same ministry of reconciliation. We need to, to tell the world that God is not holding their sins against them. That doesn't mean they're saved. But God is not holding their sins against them because he took your sins. He took the sins of the whole world on the cross. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Don't believe that? Look at what Jesus did. Look at how he operated. He never condemned the world for their sins. Follow Jesus around in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was hanging around people that the religious people didn't think he should be hanging with. He, Don't he know that that woman's a sinner? He's like, duh, it's not, the, it's not the well that need the physician, but the sick. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. They called him a, a friend, oh, watch this, a friend of sinners. I want that to be said of me. I want to be a friend of sinners. Oh, no, don't, don't be with the world. How are we going to save the world if we don't be with the world? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. No, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. The voice said to him a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. God made clean the world on the cross. Thank you Jesus. Boy, this is good stuff here. This happened 3 times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, now while Peter verse 17 now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision what the vision, what the vision, what the vision. So we know this is a vision. He was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision he had seen might mean. Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate. Again, this is, this is New Covenant. In the New Covenant, God wants to give you visions and called out okay, the people that had arrived at Simon's house and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And Peter was, while Peter was what? Pondering the vision. Peter was what? Pondering the vision. The Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without Hesitation, for I have what? I sent them. Let's look at verse 24. Very important. Now, on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was what? He was expecting them and called together his relatives and close friends. Now, let's just sink in. He was concerned about people other than himself. Summit Nation, I call upon you to let's reach more people this year. Amen. Be sensitive to people around you because I tell you what, people are hungry. People are seeking. Sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. But we need to share, I shared this earlier about sharing God's love with people. When you ask God, To send you people who are hurting, who are lost, who are discouraged, who are sick, who are depressed. God loves them more than you ever could. And if you ask him to send those people to you, he will. And be sensitive. Have your antennas up. Right, Jeff? I mean, have your your antennas up. I learned this from from Jeff. We, we've got an evangelism t- uh, an, an evangelism team. I encourage you to get involved. I mean, if it's on your heart to do, um, get involved with our evangelism team because we, we're going to reach more and more people in 2021. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see it. There are going to be more people coming to the Lord through this ministry in 2021. I declare it. Amen. And see, Cornelius was interested in people other than himself. What did he do? He called together his relatives, not just his relatives, not just his kinfolk, but his close friends. See? Now, we know from the 11th chapter, because see, after, now the end, end result is, they're going to get saved. Actually, but let's go ahead and look at this, and then I'll share, share what I was going to say. But, um, so, I want you to be, be on alert. Everybody say, be on alert, be on alert to the Spirit of God speaking to you. Say, I will. I will. Be, on alert be on alert to the Spirit of God, to Spirit of God. speaking to me, speaking to me. About, people. about people. Amen. See, with technology, Carla mentioned earlier technology, it's so easy to share. Like, right now, I forgot to mention it to you, but uh, I, I meant to share with you to, I mean, I shared, shared this before service, but I meant to share it before I taught. Share the message with people. Just share, 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 share. Just with a, a few clicks, it just takes you less than 30 seconds to share this uh, live stream with all your friends on Facebook. Or with people that you know on YouTube. Share the word. You don't even have to open your mouth to do that, right? All right. Acts, uh, let's jump down to verse 43. Now, Peter started preaching to him. Why did he do that? Because it it says in Acts, uh, actually the next chapter, when uh, now we're going to see that these folks got saved, and then the Jews ad, uh, the Jews were waiting on him uh, because they said when they heard that, and when, when he got back with his fellow Jews, they said that, you know they wanted him to explain to them. Hey, say hey, we heard you went into you went into people who uh, who are not Jews. You went into the Gentiles, and you even ate with them. So they're waiting on the explanation. But see, he shared that vision from God. He said the Holy Spirit fell on them just like he did on us at the beginning, which is a reference to Acts chapter 2. And he he broke down the whole thing that we just read in Acts chapter 10. And he told them about the angel that appeared to Cornelius, and the angel told him to send men to Joppa. And uh, send for, and go get Peter. And he's going to tell you, here's, here's what it says in Acts chapter 11. He's going to tell you, actually I'm going to read it to you. He's going to give you a message. He's going, he's going to give you a message for you to be saved. Acts chapter 11 and verse 14. He will declare to you, let me back up to verse 13, and he told us how he had seen the angel in his house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved and all your household. He will declare to you what? A message. We've got a message to share with people, y'all. It's important for us to get that message out to people. Look at how important this was. Again, they only preached to the Jews. God wanted to get this message out to the whole world. That was very important. It was so important that God showed Peter this in a vision. Showed it to him three times. Showed him these animals. But it wasn't about animals. Those animals represented people. People that are lost. People that need Jesus. So Peter preached to them. And uh, said, we're going to pick this up toward the end of his prayer. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Thank you, Lord. While Peter was still saying these things, giving them the message of the cross. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Whoo, I'm so excited. That's what's going to happen when you share with your close friends and relatives and people that the Lord brings across your path. The Holy Spirit is going to fall. Most of the time when the Holy Spirit fell in uh, the book of Acts, it wasn't inside the church. It was outside the church. It can happen in Kroger. On your job, glory to God, in the bank. Huh? Hey Amen. You, you don't have to have uh, a line of people, uh, like ha- have people line up on your job and, and have somebody to catch people in case they fall under the power of God. No, just go up and, 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 and say, oh, you, you, you're hurting, huh? I, I believe the Lord wants me to pray with you. When the Lord puts that on your heart, Follow that inward, that vision. Sometimes, see, we ignore these things sometimes. Pay attention when you see yourself praying for somebody on your job. It's that simple. Don't make it real deep. Like, like the, the um, ceiling has to like fly open. And, and you get a great light. That's not, not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about vision. I'm talking about the eyes of your heart. When God shows you things on the inside, you might see yourself walking over to somebody's cubicle and just asking, do they need prayer? Hmm? The Lord told Philip, um, just the Spirit of God told him, go join yourself to this chariot where the eunuch was, was riding on this chariot. He didn't tell him everything. He just told him, go and join yourself to that chariot. And he acted on it. And he ended up getting saved. And then he baptized him. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. People are going to be saved this year in unprecedented ways. We're going to see more people saved at Summit this year more than we've had in years combined. Whoo, glory to God. Man, y'all see that? You know, I still got a, I got some time left. I got, and I got more for you. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's, let's look at this in Jesus' ministry. In Acts 10, 38, it said, see, Jesus was anointed. But he was anointed to do the miracles and the healings that he did he, he did that as a man anointed by the Spirit of God. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now listen very carefully. Jesus, when he walked the earth for three and a half years, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And it's important for us to understand that he did the miracles and healings he did as a man, not as God. Why is that important? Because if we think that he did it as God, we're not God. So who are who are we to do miracles? But when you understand he, he did it with the same uh, method that you and I have, the Holy Spirit. Watch this in John chapter 14. He says, do you, not be, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Think about this. How was the Father in him? Through the person of the Holy Spirit. And before Jesus left, he says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to give you, see, Jesus was a comforter. He had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. That's how the Father dwelt in him. And so Jesus said in John 14, I believe, verse 16, I will send you another comforter. Or a better, a better word, I like it, another helper. See, he was a helper, but I'm going to send another helper. And that word means one uh one just like me. One who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. Shabane, that, 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 that phone working? <laughs> okay. He got an Android. I, I gave him an, an assignment. I just want to make sure. Got to check on the folk when you give assignments, people with the Androids. So, all right, so... I will send you another helper. Don't sleep on this, listen. One who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. That's who we have on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. He will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. So we have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus has to do miracles with. Jesus did all of the healing, signs, and wonders as a man anointed by the Spirit of God. You are a man or a woman anointed by the Spirit of God. Ooh, hallelujah. The words that I say to you, I, watch this, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. He didn't even take credit for any, any of the healings and miracles that he did. He said, it's the Father who dwelled in me who, who does the works." Again, how did the Father dwell in him? In the person of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that you have sitting there. As you sit here, stand or wherever you are, he's on the inside of you. Look at John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus saw visions. He did what he, 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 did what he saw the Father do. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but what he sees, vision, what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son. As Jesus is, so are you. Whatever is true about Jesus is true about you. The Father loves the Son and shows, shows, shows him. See, when Jesus was ministering to the sick, he did what the Father showed him. He saw it, and he did it. The Father shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Like when Jesus went to minister in, uh, to, to, those, to that one individual. One Everybody say, one individual. When Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, there were five porches full of sick people, but he was only directed to go to one person. I taught this a couple of Wednesdays ago about the two kinds of healing. Now, healing is for all. Everybody say, healing is, for all. healing is for all. But when gifts of the Spirit are in operation, only the person or people who the Holy Spirit singles out will be healed. I don't have to have time to go deep into that, but I did a whole teaching on that at um, Wednesday Bible Study. Okay? So you can go check that out. But an example of that was when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda because, see, some people, and this answers the question that some people have about, well, if, if, if healing's for everybody, why don't you just go, go in and do like Jesus did and just, uh, just heal everybody in sight? You should just go clean out the hospitals if healing's true. Well, Jesus didn't do that. I said Jesus didn't do that. Now, in the Gospels, we have a sample of what Jesus did. And John said, if, if, I mean, if, if we told everything that Jesus did, the world itself couldn't even hold the books. So we have a sample of what Jesus did. Everybody said, sample. And so Jesus just didn't go indiscriminately and just wiping out all, you know, everybody in the road that was healed. Now, there was times when he healed all, okay, and everybody that came to him in faith, he never turned anybody down that came to him for healing. And that lets us know that healing is for everybody because Jesus was the will of God in action. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. So obviously he didn't see the Father putting, putting sickness on people. Like some people talk crazy like, well, the Lord the Lord put this sickness on me. to teach me. And they never seem to learn the lesson. But but they but asked yes, the Lord it't wasn't, it wasn't until the Lord put this sickness on me that I, that I started serving him that I paid attention to him. Well that's your fault, that's not his fault, huh? yeah, it wasn't until I was in the hospital that I heard the Lord well of course, I mean while you were at the club, right. you weren't listening. Right. It's kind of like when somebody might call you on your phone, but, 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 you know, you were sweeping. And then after you get done sweeping, you hear the phone ring, and your best friend said, you know what, what I've been trying to call you for like a half an hour. Oh, I didn't hear because I was sweeping. See, because there was a whole lot of noise going on. See, what, why are you at the club? See, God is speaking all the time, but you just didn't hear him because of all the noise that you got going on in your life. Yes, it wasn't until I was in the hospital. Of course, they got them tubes going through your behind, and you laying up there like this. Now, all of a sudden, oh, I'm hearing from God. Yeah, you're lying on your back with that tube. Because The noise is turned off. <laughs> no, but I heard, I heard, ah, I'm hearing from God now. Isn't that amazing? No, God's speaking all the time. No, it's the will of God to heal everybody. And if it was God putting sickness, first of all, God doesn't have any sickness to put on you. His name is healer. If he was to put sickness on you, he would have to get it from the devil. And he's not in the league with the devil. He doesn't have any sickness to give you. And, and if, if God is putting sickness on people, then we need to see that Jesus doing it. See, all you got to do, if you want to know who the Father's like, look at Jesus. And Jesus never put sickness on anybody. So the Father's not putting sickness on anybody. All right, I, I, okay, okay, Pastor, I, I get it. But, but you know, sometimes God wants to leave people sick for his glory. Uh-uh. If that was the case, we should see Jesus leaving somebody sick and telling them, again, he's the will of God in action. We should see Jesus telling somebody, no, you have to stay sick for God to get glory. We don't see that. Okay. So that's just a side message that won't cost you anything. But let's, let, let me close with going back to the, this, uh, the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus, this is an example of God not healing everybody at that pool. And the Bible says there are multitudes of sick people there. But Jesus was only directed to one man. I'm saying this to address people that think we should just sweep out all the hospitals. Why don't you do that if, if you believe in healing? Well, I ask you a question. Why didn't Jesus clear out all those people at, uh, at the pool of Bethesda? See, because what, what happened at the pool of Bethesda, an angel would appear at the pool periodically, and the first person that jumped in the water got healed. This guy was kind of slow. And somebody would always beat him to the pool. And Jesus appeared to him. He said, Multitudes, read it. There's multitudes of, of sick people. And Jesus was directed to one person, to that man. He said, Will you be made whole? He said, I don't have a man to put me in the water. Every time the water's troubled, somebody jump out, jump in before me. And Jesus, but Jesus healed that man. And he left the rest of the people there sick. Pastor, I thought you said healing is for everybody. It is. Everybody that came to Jesus in faith, in Jesus' earthly ministry, he never turned them down. He healed every single person that came to him in faith for healing. Because that's the will of God, for everybody to be healed. Everybody can be healed that way through receiving their healing by faith in Jesus and what he did for you in the finished work of the cross when he took all your sicknesses and all your diseases. Oh, that's good stuff. Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. By his stripes, we are healed. Well, what about the pool when he left all those people sick? These are two kinds of healings. You can't depend on that method, the gifts of healings to be healed that way. See, when Jesus Jesus went to one man at that pool, that was gifts of healings in operation. And when gifts of healings are in operation, only the person or people who the spirit of God singles out will be healed. All right. Y'all getting something out of this? Okay. Now, um Jesus operated based on what he saw. And we need to operate based on what we see. Now watch this. Verse 20 again. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works. Say greater works. Greater works works than these will he show him. So that you may marvel. God is going to show you greater things this year. Unprecedented things so that you may marvel at the goodness of God. Anybody receive that? Jesus said himself. Again, we have the same equipment that Jesus had, the Holy Spirit. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do, watch, watch this, do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. And he said, I'm going to send you, what, another helper, one just like me. That's who you have on the inside of of you. Amen. We, We need to wake up, church. The Bible talks about awaking to righteousness, awaking to, awake, be awakened to who you are and what you have available. And boy, once you get so full, the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you taste the Lord, I mean, you can't help but to tell your close friends and your, your relatives and people all around you. Man, don't you know how I'm here to tell you how good God is. All right, this is a good place to, to close. We're, we're going to uh, move on from here next week. Don't, don't miss next week. Man, I tell you, I got so much, so much left on the plate, so much more meat on this bone. We're going to continue along this line. You get anything out of this? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.